Welcome to the Informed Simplicity Project, a place for learners. Today I have one of my few, <laughs> this is actually really funny. I have one of my few re reoccurring guests, re re returning guests. <laughs> I thought you were going to say few friends. <laughs> That's also true. I have one of my few friends. My friends at this point are basically you, Tony, and hopefully one day Alex, you know, when, when the Alex will be fine. He's the white whale, man. It's so hard to get, like, he's just so boundaried. You Like, it's impossible. In a good way. Like, he has very healthy boundaries. And I'm yeah. like, my friend, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Wesley Little. And we are going to talk about how people can get clients. And as I was saying um, before this, like this is sort of the bottleneck for a lot of clinicians. And so what I would love to happen is you just to give a brief introduction to yourself and then we'll talk about referrals and I'll ask you a bunch of questions, you know, and you'll just do the whole Mr. Mr. Miyagi thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very reasonable expectations. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Uh, so I'm Wesley Little. I am an EFT therapist and supervisor uh, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and I also work on deliberate practice stuff um, and uh, just generally enjoy talking to other therapists about the business side of things. I'm not a business coach by any means, um, but actually the way I come about this is that I really love designing websites just as like a hobby. So uh, for some uh, people who I just really adore, I'll be like, can I design your website for you? And then we inevitably talk about business stuff. And so that's uh, I think where you thought maybe I would be potentially helpful here. Yes. Cause for everyone who, knows i mean who knows me and uh follows my stuff like you design my websites i was which lucky to do so every time i look at that thing i think this is so freaking beautiful like I'm so, oh. before it was garbage it was so bad well i'm i appreciate that and i i you know there's there's a whole field of people who do this like as their careers and they're like really amazing at it this is just for me like a, a hobby because I think like therapy is so nuanced and like there's so long you go without, you know, necessarily a feeling of reward that I think it's healthy for all of us to have things where we feel like it's a little more tangible. We can see results. Um, so that's, this, that's my thing. I love that. I had a professor in college who would go fishing. He was a big fisher mm. and we were talking about it. He was like, sometimes you need, just need something where you know whether you caught the fish or not. Like you just need to know. <laughs> just need to know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I get that. So look, Wesley, um, as you know, I have started this mentorship, right? Where basically I get new therapists, LACs, intern level therapists, uh, anyone who's not fully licensed yet, but is out of school. And me and my business partner, we teach them, one, how to give continuing ed trainings, and then two, how to build their own practice. Mm -hmm. um, and what we're finding is on the practice building side, people are often afraid to make the leap, right? Mm -hmm. Make the leap into like private practice? They're know? very afraid. They're very afraid. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the biggest fears they have is how do I get clients? Mm -hmm. How do I get, get clients? And I think this is also a really vulnerable place for people because oftentimes when they ask other clinicians, they ask people who have successful practices, but 
they built their practice by starting at a group practice and then just going off on their own after they have this big caseload. Mm-hmm. And so when they, when, so when these new therapists ask these older therapists, like, how do you do this? The answers that they give are all bad answers because mm-hmm. they didn't really have to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think my first question for you is like, if I'm a new therapist and I'm like terrified to take this leap or I have taken the leap and I'm like, what the heck do I do? Um, like, yeah. How would you respond to that? Well, first, it's just normalizing that, you know, we just got master's degrees in how to be therapists, but master's degrees in how to run a business and how to market is not what we just did. And so this is a skill set, and it's one that I think takes time to learn. And I don't know anyone who is like crushing it out of the gate of like how to market or get clients unless you just innately are very sales oriented. And like some people might be, but if you think about the personality types that are drawn to therapy, which is like, like anonymous, you know, observant, quiet, you know, uh, empathetic, you know, very in tune with what's going on with someone that's not always going to have the same like that person's not always going to have the same traits as confident you know uh sales oriented uh extroverted uh you know that sort of thing so i think first of all just knowing that it is daunting to feel like i just spent you know three or four years getting good at these skills but to be able to use these skills now i have to learn like this entirely different skill set and personality type um so one is i would just normalize that um i also want to say that uh i i think that you know as a new therapist or like a pre-licensed therapist uh you could even be in a group practice and have to get your own clients. So that was me. Like I was in a group practice, but I had to get all my own clients. So I think that can be even more demoralizing because you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm trying to figure all of, all of this out. But I, and I didn't even realize I was going to have to. I've definitely seen that. I, um, I've, I've had two friends of mine, acquaintances, friends who are at group practices and they're like, I don't get what's happening. They're not giving me clients. Mm-hmm. Taking 30, 40 percent, and like, mm-hmm. how do I do this? <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah. one of the guys, you know, he's got like young kids and a wife and all this stuff, and he's like, uh, like, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. so it's it's not it's not uncommon. Yes. So should we just move to like the nuts and bolts? Like how let's how, just dive in. How are, yeah. how are we gonna help people get clients? Okay. So f- first I want to say that. I'm going to try to break this out and it's probably going to sound simple or formulaic and it's not, you know, just like therapy skills can sound simple, but you're weaving in like your own knowledge and confidence about yourself as a person, like all of this stuff. So it's, it's not like just do A, B, and C and you're going to get D. But ultimately, I think what is the, the most successful way to get clients is is two fundamental things. One is networking with other therapists and maintaining those relationships. And therapists who are probably a little ahead of wherever you are listening. And two, it's having a niche of what you do. 
And I know that this is where people really push back. I know that there's a lot of good reasons why people don't like the niche. Um, and I, I am going to get on a soapbox about a niche and talk about it. So I understand like why people don't like it, but buckle up. <laughs> this is, I'm excited because I've never seen you get fiery before. And I feel like it's about to come. Like it's, I, it's, it's this is fire, fiery Wesley. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, like, First of all, it is true that we have to be good at a lot of things because just one person could come in and have elements of ADHD or OCD, depression, anxiety, like, you know, so it's not like we can say, I work with just anxiety and we're never going to see these other things. Of course we are. Um, so one, I want to say, I understand that. Two, I want to say, if you are crushing it by being an eclectic therapist, like you don't need to listen to this podcast. So like, great, good for you. If you're getting like a million clients and on your website, you have six things that you're good at, good for you. But when I refer to other therapists, it is because I know they do one thing really well. So like, I know the person I'm going to send people who struggle with infertility to. I know the person I'm going to send who struggles with new mom depression I know the person who I'm going to send to for males who need a much more direct approach because of their personality types. Like I know my people. I don't know these people well. I just know that they know they do what they do well. So when I think of referring, I think you have to know another therapist very well to know like, oh, I think this therapist's personality would fit well with this client. And I do have like, let's say I have like three or four therapist friends who I know really, really well, who I'm like, okay, like no matter kind of what the issue this person is going through, I feel like this would be a good fit. But when I'm referring, you know, more generally than that, I need to know like what that therapist does really well. So even for me, like if you like, if you think like, think of a friend coming to you who's not in the therapy world at all. And they're coming to you and they're like, oh, like Jordan, I'm really struggling with insomnia. I'm, I'm having like all these, you know, worried, anxious thoughts. Uh, can you recommend a therapist? And let's say they're in a different area than you. You actually don't know any therapists, but you're going to scroll through psychology today or like Google and you're going to look for them how fast are your eyes going to move past a profile that says I do couples, I do individuals, I do teens, I do anxiety and depression. Yeah. That's pretty like quick. my eyes are scrolling. Like, I'm just like, forget it, forget it, forget it, forget it. Because I don't know what that person does. And honestly, I doubt that that person is good. Cause like, I don't think you can be amazing with kids and teens and couples and, you know, infertility. Like that's a lot of crap to be good at. Yeah. What you're saying is really interesting, right? Cause it's sort of a, a twofold thing. Well, first of, um, I mean, honestly, it's a form of inception, right? Like, like, <laughs> tell me more. Like, that's exactly what it is. It's inception of when you pick a niche, 
then your image, your picture automatically comes to mind when someone goes to a friend, another therapist, yada, 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 for that issue. And if you don't, then you're sort of this amorphous sort of blob in the back of the person's mind who doesn't stand out, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. by picking a niche, it's like plant planting a frame in someone's brain so that when someone says, hey, I need someone for couples, they know, well, Wesley does couples, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And honestly, I would send someone to you for trauma, right? Mm -hmm. I'd send people to you for a bunch of different things besides couples. Mm -hmm. But if someone says, actually, this is actually more true. When someone says, who would you go to for EFT deliberate practice or EFT, EFT supervision? First thing that comes to my mind is you. Mm -hmm. It's because you occupy a niche in my mm -hmm. brain and you're inviting us to do the same. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is, I think, really also interesting of like, what are you actually good at? Like, that's sort of be honest, right? And some of that I think is skill and some of that's also like um, knowledge, right? Like, like, you know, there are certain things about being black that like, Sometimes you want a black therapist and mm -hmm. talking to a person an hour ago about specific issues around like the, the transition to like motherhood. And you know what? Like, I don't think I've botched any of my motherhood clients, but mm -hmm. like, I didn't know about all the things that she was telling me about. <laughs> so, but she knows, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, she'd be the perfect fit for that person. Yeah. I mean, but I do think your point is a good one, which is, you know, we occupy like different aspects that we want expertise in. So if I wanted to make sure if I had someone who I wanted to, who was a black client, and I wanted to make sure that they were going to someone who had expertise in race and in being able to be a safe and informed space for them. I think that that is equally, if not more important than also the thing that they're going to therapy for. Mm similar to, you know, sexual orientation or whatever, like, so I think that that is in inherently maybe a, a part of niche that we're not naming and need to, you know, which mm -hmm. is like, that's also an important piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So those are the reasons to have a niche. Yes, those are the reasons to have a niche. And like, here's the thing is like, fresh out of grad school, I couldn't do a niche. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I had to live in the eclectic sphere. I just had to like, and I had a very hard time getting clients. I don't know that I had a way around that because I don't think you can advance development and just like know what you want to do. Um, so for me, I had to do something that was uncomfortable for me, but at the time, but I think is something that was like fine and paid out later, which is I basically had to just pick something, even if I didn't know I wanted to niche in it and just start learning it better and say, okay, I'm this therapist right now. So for me, it was working with clients with infertility. And I was like, okay, I'm interested in a bunch of things. This is one that I think is underserved in my area. I'm going to start learning about it. I'm going to start linking up with like the only other therapist I know who does it. You know, I'm going to link up with a nurse I know who works at the infertility clinic. Um, and I don't do any infertility work now, but for the time, <laughs> but for the, it's true. But if like, it's not knowledge that's wasted. Cause like every now and then I get a couple in who's struggling with it and I know a lot about it. 
So you don't have to pick a niche and feel like this is what I have to do forever. There's just going to be organic development as you go. And no knowledge is ever lost. No expertise is ever wasted. Um, so don't worry about like, well, what if I like learn all about ADHD and then I don't want to do that anymore? Fine. Like, no problem. You can switch niches and you'll have a lot of great information that will probably serve you. So here's the here's the link. I was literally working with a guy Wednesday about this and I was pushing him to push pick a niche. And he was like, it just feels so counterintuitive. Like the way I get more clients is by saying that I see less. Mm-hmm. So sort of explain the logic of how, I mean, we talked a little bit about it from um, like other therapists, but like, yeah, how would you sort of explain to someone like, like him of actually, this is going to help you. I think exactly what you just said about the, how you live in people's brains if you say you do everything, you live in their brain as doing nothing. Like you just don't stand out in their heads because you are no different than every other therapist they look at. You know, the the only way you're going to stand out in someone's head is if you say like, I do X and then they know like you do X. But honestly, I think the better reason is because I think it's more ethical. Like, I think it's more ethical to focus in on, you know, one population and get good at that. And I understand that if, you know, like many of us have, like, if you're working at a place that takes Medicare, like you cannot niche, you have to see whoever comes in and that's fine. That's good. That's good training ground, right? This is more about like when you are ready to start your own business and you're kind of hanging your shingle and saying, this is what I do, you know, like, I think it's a question like of quality. Like if you're referring someone you care about and you want them to get the best care, most people are going to refer someone to a specialist versus a generalist, no matter if they were in the medical field or the therapy field or the, like, I mean, even the physical therapy world, hyper niches you know you have people who only work on pelvic floor like if you've just had a baby like why on earth would you go to a generalist versus someone who works on pelvic floor yeah so talk to me about the other side right you said the other side of this is that working with clinicians who already have who are who are further down yes now this is where i think I'm, I'm going to talk about what has worked for me, but also talk about like, there are some other ways to approach it if you have a different personality type. So I am a little more extroverted. I am very, um, <laughs> let's, let's say pursuer when it comes to like friendships and like that sort of thing. <laughs> Fun fact about oh. me is that I have asked out every person I've ever dated including like prom dates and like dances. (laughs) Really? I am just not someone who people will come to. So like early on, I learned like, I know, I think I'm reasonably attractive, but like I early on, I learned like, unless I'm going to get it, like this ain't going to happen. So like, I got to go get it. And I, I find that like, I have a good vibe on like people who I want to be connected to. So like you, you know, Alex, you know, 
different, even just like girlfriends in my life where I'm like, I want to be friends with her. I want to do that. So my personality type works with networking because I am going to email people and be like, Hey, can I sit down and like talk to you about what you do? Or can I, you know, talk to you about this? And then I'm going to follow up with that. I'm going to, you know, reach out. If I refer to client, I'm going to, you know, check in and you can only do it with people you genuinely like. So like you have to go, it's just like dating. You have to go through like so many awkward coffee dates. Like <laughs> the amount of awkward networking coffee dates I've been on is like pathetic where you're sitting there and like in just like dating, like in five minutes, you're like, yeah, like we're not vibing. I'm never going to like, this is never going to take off. Um, but like, we got to like somehow talk about therapy now for, <laughs> the, next for the next hour and a half. So th- that works for me because it's my nature. And I know a lot of therapists kind of panic if they're like, I'm really introverted. I'm like not going to be a networker. That's fine too. Like you might find social media is more your space where you can be like really behind the screen. You might find that uh, writing articles for your local paper is more your thing. You know, I think sometimes even just like well-placed business cards, like as a father, I'm sure you've been to the seventh circle of hell, which is kid gyms. Which is, which is what? Kid gyms, like child gyms. I have never been to these. Like an indoor playground where there's like 80 million children screaming and like climbing on structures. I mean, that sounds terrible, but no, I've never been. You have not been to these, No, I don't think I want to. (laughs) You're not selling me on the idea, Wesley. No, I walked into this and I was like, I'm having an out-of-body experience. (laughs) Like this is... This is unbelievable that like humans elect to do this, but it's <laughs> indoor. Association. You just it, <laughs> it's indoor. The kids, it's, it's like soft, puffy mats and everything. So the kids are safe and like, they, they're like, they're just having the time of their lives and it wears them out. But the parents are all standing around, you know, in various stages of suffering because like, this is terrible. <laughs> And my husband, we went into these and my husband turned to me and was like, if you dropped off a bunch of business cards here, because I'm a couples therapist, like you would clean up. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> they are all suffering. Like they would all reach out to me. So start handing them out to people oh, with with a Xanax, right? Just like, just like exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like strap them to like those little airplane bottles of vodka <laughs> and like strap your business card, tape your business card. to. There you go. Like, you look like you need this. Um, <laughs> Wesley Little Therapy. Call, call me later. Um, That's hilarious. So if you are like an introvert, but a creative thinker like that, and you can, you know, if you feel like, hey, like if I can kind of find the right place to like drop business cards, that can be helpful. The thing you can't do is not market. Like that's just like what it is. And so whatever form you choose and like trust me like I I've done them all like I like there are very few stones I haven't unturned and that's just like also part of starting a business is like the hustle where you're like you're always trying something that's going to get your name out there more which is very awful and painful for most people especially therapists because it feels so counterintuitive to keep trying to like sell your work or put yourself out there. So something that helped me early on 
uh, which is a, a really wonderful practice builder, uh, Allison Perrier, who does abundance practice building. So like anyone listening, like go check out abundance practice building because she's all over social media, great website, all that stuff. Um, she had someone on her podcast at the time who said, uh, marketing is an act of service. Mm. And that really, really helped me think of it that way. Like marketing is an act of service because there are so many people who need to know that you're there and need to know what you do. And if you don't let them know that this is a service, you know, they don't have that as an option. So, you know, I think the other hard part is that we're selling something that's not guaranteed. You know, it's like, not like you're selling, uh, you know, I don't know, a stereo and you're like, this works great. You know, I, I feel like we're selling something that's like, maybe, like maybe this will work. Like if, if like, if you're in the right place and I'm really on top of my stuff, like, you know, maybe in a year, like you're even better, maybe not. And Depends so I think your stage of change. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the part where I feel like it's also hard to say like, what am I really selling here? Um, but you're selling what what I think we're selling as therapists is the opportunity to see if this will help you feel better. And if you don't know about this opportunity, like you don't even get to try, you know, if this will help you feel better. What do you, so, I mean, you obviously have a bias and you've done a really, I think a really, um, beautiful job of saying hey this is my bias and also this is what i've seen work right mm -hmm. and there are other ways mm -hmm. what do you feel like is the fastest way all right because i'm thinking about people who are doing the whole zero to one thing right like mm -hmm. i think so a buddy of mine and i my, my business partner we've actually built a referral calculator mm. so you put in some of your numbers and it tells you how many clients a week you need to get full mm -hmm. and um Actually, if if you can even get get full, mm. right? Because depending on different factors like session length, like sometimes you actually can't get full. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah, I just recently wrote a blog post about this. Basically, if you get two new clients a week, and let's say that three out of four of them stay for ten sessions, you never get past sixteen clients. Right. So if you're if you're if a full case load for you is 20 people mm -hmm. at that rate, like it's just never going to happen. Right? If you only get two new clients a week. Mm -hmm. But that's but that's factoring in like if like you also have this amount of drop off. Right. Yeah. So if your average client stays for about 10, 10 sessions, then okay. your, your drop off, your drop off rate is just too, too high. OK. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I said that to say. Part of the calculator we, we that, that he built and I've been promoting is also looking at um, like this because we want to solve this problem. And so what what mm -hmm. what we're finding is if you also have seven, eight, nine clients, then they buoy you enough that you can um, actually build a practice off of that. Right. So, mm -hmm. so there's, there's even different stages in this. And so for the, for the person who's starting off with nothing, mm -hmm. right. And quick caveat, it takes about three months to get to, to hit your max number. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for someone who's starting off, 
right? And they're like, holy smokes, something's not working. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, they probably actually don't don't know what it is, but let's say that they're getting two two referrals a week and this is not enough for them to build and they're a month in and they're like, what am I going to do? Like, what's, what would you say is like the fastest, most efficient way? So again, like I can only answer from my own brain of like what I would do is the fastest, most efficient way. So let's say I were to move tomorrow and I needed to build from zero. Here's what I would do. I would create a spreadsheet and write down, like I would search for every single therapist in my zip code, you know, or in my area that I could find. If I was in a really rural area, I would look at online counseling for a city area and also write down those therapists. I would have a structure for myself where I reached out to a therapist every single day, uh, let's say for at least until they ran out, but like, let's say for at least a month or two months where I reached out, sent like basically cold called or cold emailed and asked for a coffee date, asked to set up something there. Knowing that like, if I met with like 30 therapists, like I will probably find like four that like ultimately become like referral sources mutually, but like, that's fine. I would do that. I would specifically reach out to people who both do what I do. So like I would reach out to other couples therapists because I want their overflow. And I would reach out to people who are adjacent to what I do. So working out, like talking to probably a lot of Infertility clinics. What? I mean, I would imagine infertility clinics, uh, schools, you know. For me, it would, for me, it would be child therapists because Mm -hmm. like they're, the child therapists are going to see the problems the parents have. And then they're immediately going to be like, you guys need therapy, but this is for the child. Here's a, here's a couple of therapists that I would talk to. So I would say like child and teen therapists would be like my first adjacent group that I would go to. And so I I would definitely like discipline myself that like every single day I'm going to reach out, you know, I'm going to return emails quickly. I'm going to set things up, um, you know, to, to meet up with them. And I would also put reminders in my calendar. Like if I have a coffee date with someone, I would put a reminder in my calendar that like in a month to like follow back up with them, check in, you know, if I like them, see if they want to like, you know, meet up again, something like that. I would work on some aspect of writing, whether it would be like write, like writing a blog post once a week, just on my website, speaking to my ideal client in my niche or writing an Instagram post, you know, doing it via social media. Um, all of these things are extremely unrewarding upfront and it's very tiring to do all of this stuff with like very little kickback. But what we're really, like what I see from the really successful people is like consistency. If you just like keep doing that thing over and over and over and over, like it's going to pay off. What typically happens for all of us is that like we try a couple and then we get tired, nothing really happens. So we don't do it for a couple months, but that consistency is I think really important to building the caseload. So those are the, those are the main things I would do up front. And then depending on, you know, how niched I am, I might like ask around to like group practices and say, Hey, do you want me to come and do like, you know, 15 minutes at your staff meeting on couples therapy or reach out to an addiction center in the area and say, Hey, do you want me to come and do some sort of presentation? 
on, on like the thing that I do. I love that. I mean, it's basically like the, the blueprint, right? Like it's like, here's the cheat sheet. And I'm actually going to hard. It's really hard and tiring. Well, and I love that you said that because I I think we've all been through that, right? You're doing this thing, you do it for a week, you see no results and you're like, this is miserable. I just kind of, it's like this gut punch. And I'm actually going to do the thing that no podcast host should ever do, but I'm going to like totally, uh, I'm going to push something that you said, but in a different direction. Yeah. Okay. Because you're talking about consistency. I'm a big fan of consistency. I think I think it's a, I think it's like one of the it's one of the mortal superpowers that people like need but don't have. Like it's so important. But oh, I think I what you're that. also talking about mortal superpower. It kind of is. Like oh, for average cool. people, consistency is like a superpower, you know. Um, but what you're also talking about, I think, is this term of this idea of like volume. Mm-hmm. Like it takes more reps than you think it will take. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm assuming that if you could do like if you did this every day for three months, you talk to 90 people. And if you could do three a day in a month, you'd probably in this, be in the same place. But it'll take you a month instead of three months. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also a really interesting way to, to, think, to think about this because I think that makes sense to me of why it hurts. Right. Like, like when I go out for a run and I'm, my wife got these, new shoes she's like super in love with these new shoes so i went out for a run, a run with her for the first time and like i haven't run in like i don't know i haven't run since i've had kids so at least five years right like i haven't run so we run a mile right and it's like a miles a miles <laughs> long if you haven't been running it's run i haven't run in so long but it's like um yeah it hurts but i also know that like <laughs> the more i do it not just the length of time like the more that I could put in the more that it's going to hurt but also the more reward that I'm going to get yeah I agreed so, I but I thought you were going to take me like I thought you were going to like I just think thinking about it in terms of volume instead of consistency is a different is oh. a different lens right okay okay it's like it's like when you're doing weights so i have also have a kettlebell this is way too much information about me but like at a certain point like you feel the burn yeah but you just got to keep going yeah you know yes yeah no i think volume is a good i good way to think about it and consistency and i think you know the thing that i also want to say is that you know be aware of how you're coming across because like for me I think if I was, let's say, like, make it dramatic, if I sent six emails out a day, like, I'm probably not going to sound as genuine or like invested as like, if I'm sending one, just because like, I'm not. So I think it's, I think you got to kind of find that right weight to do your reps with, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want to come across as a salesman. Sorry, what did you say? Salesman? I mean, you don't want to come across like a slimy, like, Hey, let me get your clients. Yeah. Hey, come <laughs> check out my therapy. Um, I <laughs> fresh hot therapy right out of the oven. Oh man, I I am obviously a big believer in a good website. Like, 
can like we can do better people <laughs> we can do better like there are so many so many bad websites out there like like get yourself a squarespace account you know spend a weekend learning it squarespace makes it almost impossible for you to have an ugly website just just do it um i know i think a lot of the the newer therapists are going to be adept at this i just i just think like you know let's put a little effort in the in the website realm for sure for sure. Yeah. And, you know, Wesley, she only charges $10,000. It's a steal per website. I know. So, no, I don't. Yeah. I do not sell my website building. So no one, no one's going to get it. I really wish that you would. I think, I think you would do a lot of good. I think you do a lot of good for a lot of people, myself included. Right? I'm in that box as well. Um, okay. Well, Wesley, thank you. I think this has been phenomenal. Uh, I want to be very respectful of your time. Can I ask you one more question? Yeah. So how specific of a niche should you have, right? Like you can, mm -hmm. you, you can do couples counseling yep. or you can do couples with affairs, right? Or yeah. you can do couples with uh, disabled kids or you can do mm -hmm. like, like, does it matter if you're that specific or is couples specific enough? Or I don't know. How do you think about that? I think it depends on how big you want to get mm. both in terms of like, if you like bigness in our world means either expanding a group practice or getting famous and doing like, I mean, therapy famous, but like, you know, books and <laughs> speaking circuits and workshops and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you hear about like, Hey, there's this, you know, guy in Arkansas and he just like does the most amazing couples therapy with people who have been through affairs, you know, people will fly to Arkansas and do work workshops and people will do that. Um, so, you know, I think that it, it just depends on that. Um, I also think it just depends on your growth as a therapist and what else you have going on in your life. So for me, I've been doing only couples therapy for like four years now. And I do, I also want to say like my website is nothing but couples therapy. All my website is, is couples therapy, right? I don't say I do any other kind of couples, uh, any other kind of therapy. And I would say 25% of my new intakes are asking for individual therapy. So like, that's just to say, like, if you're scared that if you niche, you'll never get any other kind of client. No. Like you are going to get referrals and other clients all the time that that just blows my mind. Like it blows my mind that my website can say like, I see couples, like that's my banner. And like, I get individuals reaching out. So fear I've not. had the same thing happen this week. It's, it's very bizarre. You're like, how yeah. does my website appeal to you? I think it's because they're seeing that you are there. First of all, they're seeing your personality a little bit through the website they're seeing that you are good at something and they're like, there's something about this guy that makes me feel like I might want to see him. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, where was I going with that? What did you ask? What was my, before I cut you off? No, no, no. What was my tangent? Uh, <laughs> it's the end of the week, Jordan. Both of our <laughs> oh, 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 depends on where you are in your life. Okay. So I've done couples therapy for like four years and like, I love getting better at couples therapy. I will continue to get supervision with couples therapy, but I, I can feel that I'm ready for, for more of a niche than this. And so I'm like, yeah, like 
for me, I'm really interested in neurodiversity. So I'm starting to do a lot more with ADHD and Asperger's and, um, you know, just looking at the world of neurodiversity. And so that's, that's kind of my next direction is couples work in, in that realm. Mm. Wes, I could talk to you for hours. Um, we'll have to have you back on again and talk more about niches and all of this stuff. Um, but I want to say thank you for your time. Your time is super valuable. I always learn a lot when I'm talking to you. Likewise, um, Jordan. Where can people find you if they want to send you a client, right? If they want to fly in and work with us, the 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 best, right? Yeah. Or even even better if you want supervision on EFT definitely go see Wesley. Like how do people contact you? Uh, so if you want super, like I would say, let's just, anyone can go to my website. That's the easiest one, which is Wesley and with an E little.com. Uh, go ahead and go to my website. You can reach out, you know, through there for anything that you might want to talk to me about. Um, and I'd be happy to hear from any of your wonderful listeners. Well, and I just, you- can I, before we go, I Absolutely. just, I do want to normalize like the first three years where I was going from zero and I couldn't really niche because I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was really only towards the end of those three years that I could even like go towards the infertility niche because you come out and you're like a newborn baby in the world, come out of grad school. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're also desperate to get hours for licensure. Jordan, like I would go like, I'm this, it's weird to say I I would go to church because then I'm like, oh God, people are going to have all these like different assumptions about me. Like I'm just think of me as like a hippie going to church. Okay. So like I would go to church and just sob. Like I would just sit in the pew and like sob because I felt so helpless. Like I could not get clients in. And that's where I feel like I feel very passionate as an established therapist that when I, like if any young therapist reaches out to me or new therapist, I always make time to meet with them. If I think that they have any sort of therapy chops whatsoever, I refer clients to them because I really think in our field, like it's very, very hard to do this. It's not set up. It's not like medical field where you're going through residency and then you kind of get plugged into the system and, you know, all of this stuff. So please know that like, if you are in like the, the dark Valley right now, it is just part, it, it is unfortunately normal and it does take a long time for, for me and for a lot of people to figure out like, what's my way of marketing? What's my way of niching? How do I even feel confident enough to do this? You know, so that's, that's just, you know, I just want to, I don't want to make it sound like I came out of grad school and I'm like so confident and amazing. And then I had a bunch of clients like, like sobbing, sobbing weekly about this. I love that because what you're saying is that you have a heart for these people, right? That you've yes. been there. Yes. That's and that's why it's such a passion of yours because you don't want people to go through the same pain that you're that 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 you had to go through, right? And especially without knowing what the map was, because you have to sort of figure it out. So that's why we're doing this. 
Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah. What you're giving people, you know, is, is so helpful because yeah, we need to sort of shepherd, right? Like here, here's more of a map, but yeah, I mean, it's not, not easy to know yourself and that's what marketing is. Marketing is knowing yourself and like, that's not easy. That is also a developmental piece. Yeah. Leslie, again, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I'll have you back on soon. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Jordan. I always love talking to you.